Hi, I'm Dave Brisky, and welcome to this segment of Brisky Business. Uh, the goal of our platform is to accelerate the business process, and we've had all types of interesting people on Brisky Business. And each week, uh, it just keeps getting better and more diversified, which is great. You know we have a forum here. We offer tips and tidbits uh, to help demystify the business process, help you with mentorship. Um, you know, the goal of the platform is uh, we want this to be a place where mentorship is not only discussed, but it is absolutely encouraged. Uh, Listen, this is your program, and you can write me at entvusa.com, entvusa, that's briskybusiness at entvusa.com, and send in your questions. A lot of you have been sending questions in, and we use that to style the program. We want this to be your show, and the only way it's your show, if we hear from you what you like, what you're interested in, and give us that feedback, really appreciate it. Our guest shows have been unbelievable. In fact, in our last show, we had Kate Battistelli on the show, and Kate has been incredible. It was a great show with Kate, and uh, today's going to be an interesting show, too, because I have another special guest, and I know you're going to love to hear what this person has to say. Um, any show you've missed, you can go back to the ENTV USA app download it, and all the Brisky Business segments are here. Like every program, we operate in four segments. We got Brisk Business Basics, Brisk Fire Bail, Brisk Best and Brightest, and Brisk Bulls and Bears. Uh, you know what? Today we're going to get started right away, and I have an incredible woman joining me on the program. Uh, this young woman is, is a coach. She's a mentor, great mom, super supportive wife. What I love most is how young she is, ambition she is. She's really uh, moving the needle in her life and inspiring many, many people. Uh, she's an impressive overcomer, and I think this is going to really inspire you when you hear her story. And she's a successful entrepreneur, and her name is Tara Webb. Tara, welcome to the program. Hi, Dave. How you doing, Thanks. Tara? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. this is going to be a fun time. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We're just going to get get uh, get into it. We're going to go ahead and just have a great conversation, and we're going to start off with brisk business basics. And what I would like to do, and this is going to be a little easier. Oh my God, I'm going to get slapped by Kate Battistelli. For you to look back to the beginning of your career, she had to look back like four decades. But uh, <laughs> but you don't have to look back that far. So Tara, let's talk about when you just got started, like that early business career like what did you do because everyone there's a lot of people on that path right now some of them actually got taken off the path because of this crazy thing going on with covid and they're looking for a new path so why don't i think it's interesting to talk about that path how you got started and what led you down the path to where you are today so um i was just coming off of a very difficult pregnancy with my fourth child and I had made the decision that I didn't want to miss any of my children's lives. By trade, um, I'm a teacher. I have my master's of arts and teaching. I was a division one college softball coach. And I just, I wanted to be at home, but I still wanted to have something for myself and have something that was really impactful and, and use my skill sets as a teacher and a coach um in a career from home and i kind of just fell into um direct sales i actually hated direct sales if you could believe that i i loathed network marketers i, I cringed at 
direct sales in general. And I fell in love with a product and um, I fell in love with a company and that company was Jamberry. And I started in 2014. And um, from there, um, it just grew. And I, you know, as I said before, I used to be a teacher and a coach. And I find that a lot of my strategies um, have shaped who and who I am in this from being an athlete and a coach. So some of the most valuable lessons that I've ever learned have been on the field and not necessarily in the classroom. And that's how I operate my business, very much like a team environment. Um, and and truly, I think that um, I'm a, I am a true believer in the concept that, that knowledge is power. And so the first thing is to really dedicate um, your time and personal, your time in personal and, and professional development. And um, that is where you need to focus most of your time on. And that's how I got started. And I approached business very similar to being a hitter in softball. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think of it a lot like um, if I have a weakness as a hitter, and that weakness is hitting a curveball. Um, it's real easy for me to go in the cages every day and to practice hitting fast, right? That's where I'm most comfortable. That's that's where my ego is getting boosted. It feels real good to hit fastballs every day, hit line drives up the middle. But does that really help who I am as a player? Does that improve me? Does that help the team? Does that take me to the next level? If I go in that cage and every day I'm working on curveball after curveball. I'm working on stepping to that pitch and going to right field with it. If I focus on my weakness, eventually I'm going to make it so I don't have any weaknesses at all. And so that's really what we train to do um, in business on my team. And that's what I aim to do with myself. If I really go towards my weaknesses, then, and I commit to just that, um, then I take a huge advantage to me. I take it away from the, the other person. I, I have that advantage back at me because I'm making you come at me where I'm strongest. And most people think it's it's kind of crazy, you know, what what do you focus on, Tara? What do your team focus on? And, and my answer is always, you know, I, we focus on our weaknesses. And they're like, that's so negative. Like, how can you do that? And we do it because we know that that weakness is what brings us to the next level. That weakness is what makes it so we're not afraid to fail anymore. Um, and and truly, I attribute all of how I coach and, and how I run my team to how, being an athlete and how I responded on the field to that. You know, that is such actually great advice. And it's really interesting because there is no right way. It's the way that works and the passion and commitment you have towards whatever that goal is. A lot of folks would say you focus on your on your strength and just don't worry about the weaknesses. But you have to do what your formula is for you. And if you think about direct selling, which is an area now that you've jumped into, you know, quote, the side hustle business. Although I know it's a full-time business for you, it's not a side hustle business, but I'm sure many of your teams are, right? And when we look at that type of business, particularly direct selling, at the end of the day, you're not gonna be successful if you're afraid to prospect. Right. And people tell you they can't sell. So if you don't focus on that 
quote, weakness, you're going to fail, right? So it really depends on the circumstances. So uh, tell me about that. What are the areas of focus? Because this is basic business, and you're talking to a lot of women and men out there that may be starting a direct selling career. What are those three things that you think they have to focus on to be successful? So the biggest thing, like I said, is you have to be not afraid to fail. Because if we shift that mindset where, okay, we're going into this, we're probably going to fail and we're going to fail and we're going to fail and we're going to fail again. But every time you fail, you become better. Every time you fail, there's a lesson to be learned and that takes you to the next level. So the first thing is that, you know, we can't be afraid to fail. And when I'm coaching or recruiting, you know, it's, it's, it kind of like an interview process for me a little bit. And most would think in the interview process, you ask, you know, what are your strengths? I don't ask that because I can pretty much pick that up right away. I can, I can figure that out on my, but what I want to know is what their weakness is. I want to know what they're scared of. And then it's my job to debunk that. It's my job to get them over that fear and to show them that together we're going to do this and we're going to get you over that fear, baby step after baby step. But once they conquer that fear, what ends up happening is they then trust me. And everything from there is, is cake. It's easy from there because out the gate, they accomplished more than they thought. And so that trust relationship is built with us and, and they need to learn really quickly um, how to trust what I'm helping them through. And, and it's like a symbiotic relationship between the two of us, coach and uh, mentor and um, the person I'm mentoring. And so I think that that's the biggest asset because then I have the ability, I have that insight into what their weakness is, and then I know how much I can push or pull that greatness out of them. Wow, that is exciting. It must be wonderful to be on your team. You know, it's interesting. I'm working with a business that we have right now, and we're really we're in the team building phase um, of that business. And, you know, we all as leaders would like loyalty. I know that's important to you. We talked about that off bike here. But, you know, at the end of the day, the only way you're going to get to that point if the people on your team trust and respect you and you trust and respect them. Once that bridge is built, then you're gonna have that loyalty, right? Then you're gonna have that. So trust and respect then leads to that loyalty. And it sounds that by you getting them to overcome their fears, that's the stake in the ground for Tara Webb, and all of a sudden you've accomplished that, and then you've got loyalty, which accelerates the process. Uh, so I think that is, uh, is pretty interesting, and it seems like that's really working for you. It really is. And the loyalty is, is super big in the fact that if if a team member um, feels valued and they feel like I believe in them and they they feel that loyalty from me, they will work that much harder, especially when they're uncomfortable, especially when they're scared themselves. They'll be like, you know, like normally I feel like in a situation if if they don't have somebody believing in them and somebody who's loyal to them and pushing them and pulling them and right there in the trenches with them, it's easy for them to cower down and, and just be like, you know, I'm too scared. I'm out. Like I can't. You know but what? If they Tara, know that, hold that. that. Right. Hold the thought. I'm excited that I have Tara Webb joining me today. Hey, Tara, welcome back to the program. Hey, Dave. Thanks. So, so far you've been doing great, but I understand you started your career with a company called Jamberry. Are you still wearing, it's, it's in the nail business, right? 
Yeah. Oh, you're I'm still with... oh, you're still sporting Jamberry nails, I see. So that's interesting. But Jamberry went through some interesting times. So I think this is a good segment to talk about that because I believe they had been acquired actually more than once. So I have to guess that you had a buyer bail decision along the way and maybe even to where you are today. So it's fresh on your head. So people really need to understand the different methodologies for that because there's not one way to do it. So what do you do to make a decision and how do you go about doing that? Okay, so I definitely had that buyer bail situation in the last six months, actually. Um, I was with Jamberry since 2014, and, and they were acquired by a company named Benny Yu. And then they were acquired again by a company named Longevity in November. And so when that happened, I was, again, I was like, oh, come on. Like, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I should just, you know, pick up and build an empire somewhere else. And I had a few offers with different companies. But, you know, ultimately, I'm tied to that Jamberry brand and the products. It's who I grew up with in the industry, and it's where my heart was. And then I had this opportunity to keep that brand and then get so much more with Longevity. So it really came down to the business model. And um, the company that I was with really had only two flagship products. It was a very narrow space, very narrow audience. And then I looked at the YGY model. And I looked at how it had various verticals, thousands of SKUs. And then I thought about the direct sales space. And I thought about shopping and sales space in general. And what what is the most successful store on the planet? Amazon, right? Everybody wants to be Bezos. And then it clicked for me. I realized that I had the opportunity to be a Bezos in the direct sales space. You know, I was able to have one-stop shopping and quality products in all these different categories for my customers. And I was no longer gonna be fishing in one narrow little small pond for people who just wanted pretty nails. I was gonna be able to open up my product portfolio to anyone and everyone that I came in contact with. And that was super compelling to me. Um, I honestly, you know, the next step was trying the products. You know, I can't, ultimately I can't um, influence or sell products that I can't get behind or a company that I can't get behind. So I started, you know, trying various products and I was blown away. And then, you know, you have, you have um, that pivot moment and you have talked about it a couple times now with Chris Lahiji and, and Alex Tice um, a few episodes ago about those pivot moments. And that was, that was my pivot moment. I could either, you know, jump ship, call it a day, or I could really pivot, dare to dream a little bit, and take my team to that next level with a company that had 20 years of experience under its belt. And, you know, my husband's a Marine, and so we talk a lot in our house uh, in Marine terms. And one of the things they always say is how to improvise, adapt, and overcome. And that's really what we had to do. We had to change some things up within the team and, and change some of our practices. And then we just decided we had to go for it. And it was definitely a defining moment in my career um, and it took more courage to trust my instinct that this could be something good than it would have been for me to just call it a day and we knew it was going to be hard right that was that was the biggest thing and, and we talk a lot on my team in military terms as well and there's this military term called embracing the suck and I it's really it's the concept that you know something's gonna hurt 
Like, you know, it's going to it's going to not be pleasant, but you kind of lean into that anyway. And you enjoy the process. You learn how to like the feeling of the uncomfortableness. And so you kind of just acknowledge it and you say, you know, I see you. I know this is going to hurt. I know it's going to be hard, but I'm coming for you anyway. And and that's what we really did as a team. Um, you know, you can't control the circumstances that you're given, but you can control your attitude towards it. And, you know, our team really adopts Bobby Knight. He's an amazing coach. And he, I absolutely adore a lot of his philosophy. And one of the things he says is, um, do what has to be done well, as, as well as it can be done. And then do that all the time do it that way all the time and that's really what my team does you know we we decided we're going to go for it and if we're going to go for it we can't half-ass it and so if we're going to we're going to use our full ass and then we're going to haul our ass and it was the best decision of my personal and professional life wow that's that's actually really powerful there were so many bites in there i mean that really really good stuff and hopefully just not a bite in the ass um but anyways <laughs> um uh Interesting way. So obviously you sized it all up. Uh, you looked at the products. You liked the model. So it's somewhat of a Ben Franklin, I like to say, like pros and cons. Um, it's interesting. I already can see the type of person you are. Whatever the cons were, you don't even talk about them, right? They're gone. And I'm sure there was reasons not to do it. Uh, so, but you chose it. But I got to ask you this, and, and I could be wrong. Did every single person on your team roll with it or did we lose some? No, no, we lost some. We didn't lose a whole lot, though, because of that trust and that loyalty that we talked about before. So my team trusts, trusts my experience. They trust my gut instincts. And we talked about it as a team, we talked about it together. And together, we we're like, you know what? This feels right. We like we like the company. We like the morals, the ethics. We like the model. And, you know, we're going to go for it. Well, you know, I have a huge heart for the military. So uh, uh, please thank your husband for his service. I mean, I love the Marines and we have some family members that are in that role right now. And uh, it, it, it means a lot. So you give him uh, you give him my best, please. OK, uh, so you're you're doing like some great things. I got to tell you, I, I have to think that your energy is a big part of your success. Um, but I guarantee you have people on your team that maybe don't have that type of energy. And you told me that you focus on the weakness. How do you get someone that seems maybe lower on the energy profile to step that up or can you? Oh, you definitely can because it's contagious. So you just need a handful of people on your team to buy in and, and really be energetic and, and passionate. And slowly but surely, that pulls it out of those quiet ones. And they get all hyped up, and they're, like, ready to take on the world. And when they see the others on the team achieving and hitting their goals, it's contagious. It spreads like wildfire. So, yeah, and it's it's cute to see, though, because they're, like, real quiet about it. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, like, they're the loudest ones I get. That's awesome, you know, and you're changing people's lives, which is really, really cool. So we've got about a minute left, and you've kind of touched on some things on your buyer bail stuff. Have you ever made a decision where you actually bailed on an idea and you wished you hadn't, or the flip that you bought an idea and you're like, oh, that wasn't so good? Yeah, so uh, I, very few people know this, but I could have joined Jamberry three years before I actually joined, if I had just given it a shot. But at that point, I was, no, like direct sales, gross, like I want nothing to do with it. And I said no. 
and I bailed on it. And now I look back and I'm like, can I, I can't even imagine where my business would be if I could buy back those three years. If I could go back in time and start building three years earlier, oh, it hurts. But it's okay because I like the underdog. I was, I came in as a nobody in that company and I worked hard with my team and we steadily rose the ranks and it kind of feels better that way. And you didn't use it as an excuse because a lot of people don't do stuff thinking about excuses all day long. Believe it or not, risks buy or bail is finished. So we're gonna have to move on to our next segment, okay, Brisk Bulls and Bears, and we will be back in a few minutes with Tara Webb.